0: Manoj, Manoj is going to lead us in a song first, and then we'll do 1 uh, Corinthians 14 and have you guys come up and share. Um. But can you sing with him? Yeah. Can, you put up
1: can you sing with him? Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ruffalo, do you have it? Can I remove this? Uh, this one? Jane,
2: yes. can you help? Yeah, no.
3: No, Hello. Yeah. It's such glad times that uh, we are gathering after, after the pandemic, and uh, we'll sing yeah. ten thousand reasons. And I, I think, I think there are more than ten thousand reasons. A lot more than ten thousand reasons to thank our Father for what He has done, that He has got, got us through this pandemic, and for His protection and for all the great things that He has done. Mm-hmm. So we'll just um, thank Him and praise Him. And, and bless him with all our hearts and it will rise as a pleasing aroma to him mm. Mm. Bless the Lord soul oh my soul worship his holy name sing like never before oh my soul I'll worship your holy name the sun comes up it's a new Worship His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship Your holy name You're rich in love And you're slow to anger Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness, I will keep on singing.
0: Ten
3: thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. I worship your name. Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship your holy name And on that day When my strength is failing The end draws near And my time has come Still, my soul, will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship his soul. Sing like never before O my soul I'll worship your holy name Bless the Lord, O my soul O my soul Worship this holy name Sing like never before Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name, yes, I'll worship your holy name, Lord, I'll worship your holy name.
4: Nicely done, Manoj. You know someone's not a worship leader yet when they don't repeat the verses twice? Jane would have taken twice as much time for that song. He didn't repeat the verse even twice. <laughs> don't worry, it'll only be a matter of weeks. It'll be a matter of weeks before you start doing it, to repeat everything two, three times. Put me there, I'll repeat it three times, man.
0: You can come back after <laughs> <laughs> You can have a seat. <laughs> um, so we'll do give some space for our f- first Corinthians 14 for you to share a him a word of instruction or um, I've asked some of you already so you feel free to come up um,
4: and yeah if I touch it here will anything work? There's not one of those touch screens, right?
0: Do
5: you mind starting this? Is it this one or this one? This one? This is good that you asked me to come first because my phone is dying. So I still have the Bible with me here. Let's see here. Okay. Uh, I'll read it first, and then I'll explain why I picked it. Um, for For the yoke of his burden, and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. Every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, Um, I picked this verse because, um, personally, I'm unsure about a lot of things. I feel unsure 50% of the time. And I I need, Jesus is my sure thing. And so this verse just encompasses everything I think, I, I everything I think I know about Jesus. Um, and uh, in, in the beginning, it talks about him being the, um, like a rescuer, you know, the, the one who frees you from the burden the one who breaks the power of the the person who the, the thing that has power over you you know and so he's the rescuer and here it talks about him being a counselor you know so much of the time i need counsel i need counsel you know he's wonderful at it you know and he'll be a dad forever you know everything i need so this one is um in my favorite verses at the very end when it says the zeal of the lord will do these things because I'm so lacking in my feelings, sometimes it really helps me to remember that, no, it's not about my feelings, it's nothing about me, but just that he is so passionate about it, about me and about his church and about his world, that he will do it. And so in this one, it's just I want to praise God as the all-sufficient one, Jesus as the all-sufficient one. So let's go to him for everything we need, whenever we need anything.
1: Um, Can you hear me? A little lower? A little closer? closer? Okay. Um, I was asked to give a word of encouragement for the body um, from the Lord. Uh, I am delighted with you. You please me. You have endured this time of trial and have come closer to me through it. You did not waste your time. You did not deviate from the plan. You have been tested and purified in the fire and come out the other side as jewels in my hands, ready to and doing my will. You will find many doors opening up for you. I say do not fear to go through them, for I am with you always, and whatever you need I will supply. Do not look back, but keep going forward and I will accomplish my plans through you.
4: Hey guys, this time, I Okay, this time when she reads it, uh, hear it as a um, word being given to you and see if there's anything you need to pick out of it um, uh, from God to you.
1: I am delighted with you You please me. You have endured this time of trial and have come closer to me through it. You did not waste time. You did not deviate from the plan. You have been tested and purified in the fire and come out the other side as jewels in my hands, ready to and doing my will. You will find many doors opening up for you I say, do not fear to go through them, for I am with you always, and whatever you need, I will supply. Do not look back, but keep going forward, and I will accomplish my plans through you.
4: Thanks, John.
6: Can you hear me? <laughs> um, so, a while ago, God put this song in my heart, and um, um, he—I love—I love how God does things. He used the two things that are most dear to me to speak to me about how I need to live my life and how we need to live our lives. So, I'm just gonna sing the song for y'all and. And I'll sing for you, my baby girl Sing over you, my toddler Sing with you, my teenager, until you can Sing over all for me Sing over all, sing over all you see Sing over all, sing until they see me and then God went one step further, and he said, I'm going to explain this to you from my word. So he actually gave me um, scripture for each of the lines that he'd given me as a song. <laughs> and um, I'm just going to read that. So the first word says, um, I'll sing for you, my baby girl. And the verse he gave me for that was Isaiah 66, 13, which says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I sing for you. Huh. And what he said is... Um, You know, as new believers, we sometimes go to God and um, basically what God does first is he secures our sonship. He says, I'll sing over you. You don't need to do anything. I've got this. I will sing over you. I'll keep singing over you. Like, I'll sing for you. I'll just, I'll envelop you with my song. I will sing for you. That's what he says. And then the next verse was, the next line was, I'll sing over you, my toddler. And basically God's taking you through the different stages. So when you're a baby, he sings for you. When you're a toddler, he says, I'll sing over you. Meaning I'll keep putting my nature all around you. I'll keep, you know, like um, enveloping you with all of that, all the stuff that I have for you. But he's like, now you're a little older. So I'm gonna take it from a one-sided action to a two-sided action. So now when I sing over you, take it in. Listen to what I'm saying. Let it keep ringing in your ears. It's no longer me just singing for you it's me singing over you take it in listen to it take it in and then the next line is i'll sing with you my teenager and for this he gave me 1 timothy 4 12 to 14 which says don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech in conduct in love in faith and in purity Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And God said, this is the next stage. This is the stage where we are in training. I'm not going to sing over you anymore. I'm going to sing with you because now you've heard it enough. You can do this. And I'm going to train you and I'll sing it with you. Awesome. And then the next line was, until you can sing over all for me. Ah. And for this he gave me, everybody knows this verse, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And for this, God said, okay, you're ready, go out, represent me. I've been training you for this, from, right from the moment that I've been singing for you, I've been training you for this moment, where you go out and you represent me. And then the next line was, sing over all, sing over all you see. And for this, he gave me 1 Timothy 4, 15 and 16. Be diligent in these matters, give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve in them, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your heroes. And then, this is the one that I really like. God said, don't just make a hobby out of it. Make it your passion, make it your life. Go out wholeheartedly and do this. And um, the last line was, sing over all, sing until they see me. And for this he gave me Matthew 5:16. Just in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And this is the, the end of the song. He basically said, um, this is the purpose of all of this singing, that other people, other scared little infants who need to be sung to and over and with will see your singing and will start glorifying my name and they'll go out and do exactly what you're doing right now. So,
4: yeah. Wow.
6: and it's, it's like <laughs> <too>. <laughs> and <no. laughs> yeah um and i'll sing for you my baby girl sing over you my toddler sing with you my teenager until you can sing over all for me sing over all sing over all you see Sing over all, sing until they see me.
4: Yeah. Very cool, man. There's a preacher in the house. Where's Xavier? Oh, okay.
7: So, um, I don't know how how God speaks to all of you, but sometimes um, the way he speaks to me is to, I'll be just doing something really mundane like, Um, washing dishes or cooking or brushing my teeth, and then this thought will kind of pop into my mind. And the other day, um, I was just thinking about how there are so many things like in the news media right now, and different things that have happened um, over the last year and a half, which could make us quite angry or upset. And um, this thought popped into my mind, um, and, and it was just, your weapon is your peace. And um, the verse that God gave me to go with this was Romans uh, 16, 19, and 20. So I'll read the first sorry the last half of verse 19 and the first half of 20. So Romans 16, uh, 19, and 20. Um, so I am rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And if you were ever around in like, I think it was like mid to late 90s, there was this song by a, a worship leader, Bob Fitz, and it was Romans 16, 19, 19 cents. Cents. <laughs> So, yeah, you can go look that up on YouTube later. <laughs> Thanks, Jill.
4: You're going to tell us about the 50s or the 60s?
8: So I was really um, impre- uh, impressed by the Lord while we were worshiping of just how important our our worship and praise is, and how we go out in front of the, in front of the army, and uh, and that it's really important for us to be in an attitude of worship all the time, and and what that means is not is not considering the cares of this world and and all of the things that go on, and uh, and I'm, sp- I'm speaking to myself as much as as much as anybody else because. I tend to get caught up in the cares of the world and what's going on, and uh, and it's important that we just focus on the Lord and focus on moving forward His agenda and His kingdom. So, uh,
4: Mike, what yeah. provoked it? Like, what tell how, what happened during worship? What caused?
8: I was just thinking about the I was just thinking about the examples in Scripture where the where the uh, where the worshippers went out in front of the army and that they were the ones that 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 provided the strength for the army to to. Uh, to achieve the defeat and it's not it's not through it's not through the power of the army it's through the power of the lord God.
4: cool thanks man
2: It was a couple of weeks ago, I, um, you know, we were um, working. You know, my wife was doing some administrative work, and I saw a guitar lying in front of me, and I felt like God was, God was telling me to go and grab the guitar, and I felt like His hand was like pulling me to go and grab the guitar, and and so you know, I went. It was like the hand of God uh, pulling my pulling my my hand to grab that guitar. And i went there and I, I was i was giving i mean i was praying god is there anything that you want me to think about it or pray about it or is there a psalm or is there a song or what passage or what verse and then uh, psalm 139 came to mind and about lord knowing us uh, when we sit when we rise even before we have a word in our tongue you know and the lord hems us and within and without and and the lord laid a hand on me and that came to mind, so um, as I was sitting there, since the song is not fully <laughs> cooked, I thought I will not do it, but I just couldn't, couldn't resist.
9: Lord, you found me before I found you. You know me when I sit and when I rise. You hear my every cry, every pain. There's no place that I can go from your presence, Lord. You Even before a word is on my tongue, Jesus, my Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand on me. One more time. We <laughs> didn't cook properly the first time. <laughs> Oh, Lord, you found me before I found you. You know me when I sit and when I rise. You hear my every cry, every pain. There's no place that I can go from your presence, oh Lord. Nice. Even before a word is on my tongue, Jesus my Lord you know it all together you have me in behind and before you lay your hand on me
4: Very cool.
10: Uh, Yeah, I was asking God if there is something I could share. And he gave me Isaiah 27, 12 and 13. I'll read it out. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will trash from the channel of the river to the brook of Egypt. And you will be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel. So it shall be in that day the great trumpet will be blown they will come who are about to perish in the land of Assyria. And they who are outcast in the land of Egypt and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. So, yeah, as things were opening up, and uh, like when Jacob sent, we are meeting up here. So it felt like God had gathered us back one by one from the land, and the trumpet has been blown, his banner is lifted up, and he's calling us to come to him and worship him. So yeah, just wanted to.
4: Uh, Can you try explaining it again?
10: Yeah, so like it said, he gathered us one by one from the channel to the river uh, to the brook of Egypt. So as things were opening up and when uh, we got the email that we're going to be worshipping together, so it felt like his banner was hurled up, and it was just inviting. He he said that he has gathered each one of us over the last 15 months, and yeah, the trumpet was blown, and he's ready to to like, he's ready for us. He's gathered us, and he's ready for us to worship.
4: Cool, man, yeah. guys. Um, just so you know, I, I love paying attention to what people come up here and say because one of the things God is uh, so Uh, intent on doing, is uh, delivering things to through people that you don't expect will have anything uh, profound to say. And so, Praful may not have reverend pope, uh, pastor, or bishop before his name, Uh, he's just doctor. And so, (laughs) but but it is through, uh, uh, the reason I love listening is there will always be little things that God will say and then if you actually took down everything said today and wrote them down on a sheet of paper you would actually see a pattern developing but many of us don't because we think ah just wait for the teaching, teaching is brilliant but the other things that happen are so important that they literally knit together a pattern and so when he says this and that okay you waited carefully and then you take that and connected to what Joan said. Come, Marcus. When you're connected to what Joan said, that listen, you've done these uh, months well, you endured well, and you stitch it all together, and it brings such a beautiful pattern out. So listen carefully as each one comes up. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh, Use the other one, Marcus. Um, Hey, guys.
11: Um, This is what happened last night. Uh, I don't know how it uh, came up, but um, uh, God was just telling me that how, we, uh, how I go or anybody else brings things and takes care of them for using or whatever there is. So God told me that, see, I created everything within you. So can you imagine you are my prized possession, how much I'm going to take care of you and take care of things that are matters to you? It's like we buy things for our use, like we buy cars, we buy things to use at home and everything, and we take care of them, we make sure that we don't misuse them and everything. So God said, you know, everything within you has been created by me. So can you imagine you're my prized possession of how much I'm going to take care of you and how much I'm looking after you?
12: Hello. Um, Okay, so this is a promise for anyone presently confused as you seek God's will. Um, So God said, My light overcomes darkness. It is found at the cross. Salvation is in me. Ask me for instructions and direction. In circumstances where you encounter confusion and darkness, and I will be your light bulb that will show the way and overcome darkness. So there are two verses. Uh, first is John 1, 4 to 5. Let me read this. Okay. In him was life, and the power to bestow life. And the life was light of men. And the light shines on, in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it. Or overcome it or appropriate it or absorb it and then John 12 46 I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes and trusts in me as Savior all those who anchor their hope in me and rely on the truth of my message will not continue to live in
4: darkness just read the actual word again that you wrote down okay
12: My light overcomes darkness. It is found at the cross. Salvation is in me. Ask me for instruction and direction in circumstances where you encounter confusion or darkness, and I will be your light bulb that will show the way and overcome darkness.
4: Thank you. finally I get to turn to. Hey guys, I've got a few announcements. Uh, So uh, before I uh, go to the announcements, a couple of things that we need to pray for. One is um, Jeevan. I spoke to Jeevan a couple of days ago. Um, We need to continue praying for him. I felt bad when I was talking to him because he was coughing and he was saying how um, after a flight of stairs he has to sit down because he runs out of breath or starts coughing. And sometimes he walks 100 meters and he starts running out of breath and coughing. And so I thought he was fine and I was uh, not even thinking about him or praying for him. And so we need to continue praying for the guy because his lungs are not back to normal. And when he sits down and does work, he's perfect. But once he starts walking or taking the stairs, oh my God, that guy has done so much for all of us. I felt suddenly bad thinking of how he was struggling there. So just pray for him. Rosalind uh, went for a biopsy. The results haven't come back yet. Oh, the results have come back, but they're not decisive, so she'll know. There's a, I didn't know there was a board of tumor uh, that meets to decide what kind of tumor it is. So I told her there's a council of heaven that overrides the board of tumor. I would hate to be part of a board of tumor. So uh, just pray that the results come out fine. And then Kamal went uh, for an MRI. Uh, and he will get to know the results soon. I think it's the only place uh, in the world, in all his life, that he has stayed still for one hour. Um, Like he had to stay completely still. It must have been very difficult for him, but he somehow survived. So those are three things we need to pray for. Uh, That aside, the guy who was single last Sunday is now married, (laughs) Uh, and... uh, It's too bad that you can't see it on that side. This is a good side, uh, so uh, I'll move from the way so you can see it. So, the guy actually got married. And uh, 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 he's, uh, uh, I don't know whether you knew this, but uh, Derek's a pretty uh, good rap singer, rap songwriter. So, he's uh, uh, put out this new album. Uh, with a hit single called Life Without My Brother. And so, <laughs> just thought I'd show it to you. <laughs> and uh, uh, they were posing for g- photographs, and I thought this photograph is perfect for an album cover. And so he's writing this song called Life Without My Brother, and once he's back, he'll sing it for us. So that's Derek's hit new single. Meanwhile, his brother is alone at home. They locked him and went off for his honeymoon— so their honeymoon, so he's still there at home. Uh, next one was oh yeah, on July seventeenth, Saturday. There's a uh, party on, and it's at uh, Surrey Bend Regional Park, and uh, the person in the bow tie has the details. So I'll ask her to come up if she's here. She's not here. Oh, she's in the nursery, uh, taking care of Phoebe. Okay, no, just. <laughs> Just ask her if there are any details. If there are no details, she can continue. People pay to take care of Phoebe. Mm-hmm. May, do you have any? No details. No details okay. So uh, it'll be July 17th at Surrey Bend Regional Park. Do you know where that is? Okay, one more probation. <laughs> <laughs> do you know where it is <laughs> which band no okay. okay okay so it's not too difficult to get to we'll talk about it another time so let's take a break before we take a break guys uh, you've met dilna before dilna can you pull out pull bu- pull down your beard yeah there he is that's dilna uh yeah, just so he comes back next time, clap a little louder and then we can <laughs> stop next time. <laughs> <'Kay>. <laughs> and so he's been here before and that's Sam, Samuel. Samuel, you want to pull down your beard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. Okay. Um, so um, feel free to roam around for a little while. What time Pardon? What time is I have no idea. May has all the details. So um, we'll take a five-minute break and then say hello to each other. And this, by the way, is Ryan, in case you didn't know. And uh, uh, so uh, take a five minute break, and we'll be good after that. Check, check. Alrighty guys. Ruth, you've got to stop come on Ruth, this it's we are in church. <laughs> I have longed to do this for a while, Ruth. <laughs> okay. Karen Joan, I mean, we have a church service, you know. Today's pick on people above forty. Day. <laughs> Tony, how old are you?
9: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Emily is leaving tomorrow for Lethbridge. Uh, yeah. So let's so uh, let's just pray for her before we go. So Emily, you want to just stand down here? Because otherwise, I begin to feel short. Okay, this is one of those few times. Father, we bring Emily to you, and even though she's going to visit her um, parents and her home um, this time around, we pray that, Father, as she goes there, there are situations where she can speak to, speak into, situations she can straighten out, situations where. she can um, bring a word of relief, correction, Uh, these situations will arise. And as they come up, I just pray that over the next five or six days that she's able to speak into them and that she comes back uh, unscathed, um, stronger, um, having done what she's been sent out for. So we actually, Realize that she's going for a holiday, but we do send her on this holiday in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Cool, man. When are you back? That quickly? So we won't, we will see you again next Sunday. Oh my Lord. Can't get rid of some people. (laughs) Okay. um, Yeah, guys, we are actively looking for places to move to. So that's still happening. And uh, once we know um, a good place to move to, then between uh, Praful, Manoj, and Prashant uh, and Evan working overtime, it should work out. So, yeah. so, today we talk about a topic that we had uh, spoken of first in April of 2016 and is necessary for uh, uh, the times that we are in. I, it's it's called Freedom Pathways, Freedom Pathways. And so we had done path, part one and two ages ago and then I think repeated it last year or the year before. Such a blur. I sometimes think COVID-19 started in 2019 and then I realized, no, that's not why it's called 19. Uh, but it's been such a blur. So in scriptures, um, I want to talk about how, so how do Christians go about dealing with demons? How do Christians go about dealing with demons? Because Jesus used to, and so um, we need to know about that too. So to begin with, in scripture, demon possession involved a demon having direct or complete control over the thought or the action of a person. In scriptures, demon possession involves a demon having control, complete control, direct control over thoughts and actions of a person. You see that in Luke chapter four, verse thirty-three. Luke four thirty-three. Luke four thirty-three. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He crowded, cried out at the top of his voice, "Ha! Ah, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet," Jesus said sternly. "Come out of him!" Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without enduring him Uh, Luke chapter 8 verse 27 to 33 Luke chapter 8 27 to 33 when Jesus stepped ashore he was met by a demon possessed man from the town for a long time this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house but had lived in the tombs when he saw Jesus he cried out and fell at his feet shouting at the top of his voice what do you want with me Jesus son of the most high God I beg you don't torture me for Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man Um, So, in scriptures, demon possession always involves a demon having direct or complete control over the thoughts and the actions of a person. But it is inconceivable, however, that the Holy Spirit would allow one for whom Christ died, one who is the temple of the Spirit, one who belongs to the Lord, to be inhabited or controlled by a demon. Which means, as believers, we should not think of or be afraid of Being possessed because it is inconceivable that I being the temple of the Holy Spirit, that I being someone who is blood-bought, that I being uh, a son of the living God, that I being the dwelling place of God, that I being one whose Spirit and the Holy Spirit have become one, can ever be possessed by a demonic spirit. Not possible. So let's look at some scriptures. Romans 8, verse 9 and 10. Romans 8, verse 9 and 10. Romans 8 verse 9 and 10 You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature but by the Spirit if the Spirit of God lives in you and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ he does not belong to Christ but if Christ is in you your body is dead because of sin yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness Colossians 1:13 Colossians 1:13 I love this scripture Colossians 1.13 For he, as in Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. We've been transferred out of one realm into the other. 1 John 4.15 1 John 4.15 1 John 4.15 1 John John 4.15 if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, I love it. It's so simple, so straightforward. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him, and he in God. Beautifully. Eh? First John four five. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are God. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. Uh, verse 4 is actually the one I was looking for you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world Romans 6.19 I just want us to know these scriptures so that if people say that Christians can be possessed you can show them scriptures because there might be um, um, evidence that people offer in terms of uh, experiences that uh, they may have seen but at the end of the day the scripture has to bear out the truth so let's go to romans 6:19 romans 6:19 uh not 6:19 first corinthians 6:19 i think yeah first corinthians 6:19 first corinthians 6:19 yeah do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from God and verse 17 but he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit now one last word Uh, Romans 8 verse 38 and 39 Romans 8 38 and 39 Romans 8 38 and 39 For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let it be settled that Christians who have God living in them, Christ living in them, the Spirit of God living in them, and whose Spirit has become one with the Holy Spirit, cannot be possessed by Satan. Any questions on that, anything you wanna? But Jacob, what about, Uh, we'll come to that, but any questions on this bit? No? Cool. Demonic influence is however a reality for believers. Demonic influence is the reality. And if you wanna put up that PowerPoint with that picture, Uh, Demonic influence is a reality for believers and the best way I can describe it is a ball and chain kind of an effect. Um, No, that's not the one I was talking about. (laughs) Uh, It's this ball and chain effect where uh, it becomes so difficult when uh, things happen that cause me to now be influenced demonically where it's a ball and chain reality for believers. And in the process, it results in sin, it results in um, addictions, it results in enslavement in areas of life. So it's either the ball and chain is on a certain part of my life or sometimes it's my mind that is affected. And then I'm continuously dragging um, and not able to make the kind of progress I want to make in life. And so that is where we as believers get affected. So, are there is there scripture for it in 2 Timothy? In Second Timothy 2:26, Timothy 2:26, it says uh, that believers can be ensnared or taken captive. Ensnared or taken captive. In the context of the scripture, it was talking about false teachings. Um, false teachings. <laughs> <laughs> Sheldon, where are you when I need you? Taken captive. Um, so Second Timothy 2:26 talks about it. Uh, so believers can be taken captive, they can be ensnared by the devil. Um, First Timothy 1:20, First Timothy 1:20. Believers can find unrepentant believers, unrepentant believers can find themselves out of God's protection and in the world where Satan holds sway, unrepentant believers. If you're not a believer, then um, it's open season. But I'm talking about believers, unrepentant believers. What's an unrepentant believer? It's a very strange group of people who know what is right, who have been told what is right by God directly, by God through people, through the word, but they choose not to change their ways. Unrepentant believers, according to 1 Timothy 1.20, can find themselves in a sphere outside of God's protection under the sway of Satan. Again, they cannot be possessed, but they can be demonically influenced. 1 Corinthians 10.20 and 2 Corinthians 6.15 1 Corinthians 10.20 and 2 Corinthians 6.15 seems to indicate that if I dabble with idolatry, the traditions of idolatry, the rituals of idolatry, sometimes even food offered to idols that I knowingly take part in, then Paul says, what are you doing? Is there any commonality between Belial and Christ, as in the devil and God? Why is it that you're tempting God? Why are you provoking Him? Idolatry can lead to believers. He's talking to believers. to believers now opening themselves up to demonic influence. And how do we divine, define de- demonic influence? You cannot define it because it varies in degrees. All you realize is the ball and chain effect where either the ball and chain effect begins to affect your thinking or it affects an f- area of my life where I find the drag in 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 my walking acts chapter eight verse twenty three is the story of a magician who gives his life to uh, God. Uh, it says he became a believer, and yet Peter and John come back a little later and they tell him that you are bound in wickedness and bitterness, and so A bond of wickedness can result when old ways and practices are not repented of. When old ways and practices. He was a magician who was called the Great One. He is fascinated by what Philip is doing and he gives his life to God. But he chooses not to repent of his old ways and then offers money so that he can buy some power. Philip doesn't recognize it but Peter and John come. Uh, Peter and John say, you're bound up in a bond of wickedness. And so old ways and practices that are not repented of. And please, I mean, I'm saying it for, I'm saying it because it needs to be said. If you think you're a Christian, then you must have given your life to Jesus Christ in a very, very, a definite way at some point in your life. You may not remember the day, you may not remember the words you said, but please let's not for a second pretend that because you were born in a Christian home or where go come to church or come to Acts 29, that you're born again. I have had people come to Acts 29 and have baptized them to find out later that they were not believers. Sometimes a pastor can be so undiscerning like me that you can baptize a person and find out that they did not believe in the Jesus Christ of the Bible. because they felt that they needed to, that baptism was a way to become a Christian. And I baptized them. And then I find out later in conversations that they did not believe in the Jesus of the Bible. They did believe in a Jesus, but he wasn't the Jesus of the Bible. It's happened twice at Acts 29. Meaning I've done it, I, I made that mistake twice. Acts 5 verse 3, this scripture kind of fascinated me, Acts 5 verse 3 is, you are talking about um, Ananias and Sapphira, these were guys who were part of the fledgling church and Peter's words to Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias is, Satan has filled your heart with deceit, that you have dared to lie right in the face of God for your own sake. And so it is possible for believers to have their hearts filled with deceit or filled with the kind of deceit that provokes evil words and evil deeds in a direct affront to God. That is demonic influence. Thank God we don't all fall dead when that happens nowadays. Otherwise, I might be the only one left in the church. (laughs) Or I could be the first one to fall dead. One or the other. Let me hold on to this. The point being, this guys, that believers can come under demonic influence, and there are sc- there's scripture to give us evidence of that. It's not it's not something that, um, and yet they cannot be possessed, and it's not semantics. Um. See, Christ frees us from the curse of the law, Galatians three thirteen. But sometimes we also need to renounce things from the past that we haven't renounced. You see that happening in Acts chapter 19, verse 18 and 19, where in Ephesus, Paul had, had, uh, Paul had made converts, and then um, these converts were still holding on to papyri and um, uh, scrolls that had uh, sorcery and witchcraft written on it, which you can find in museums in uh, England even today, where Ephesian... Uh, papyri with um, magic incantations on them have been preserved for the last two thousand years and they would have it in their possession but at some point in Acts chapter 19 verse 18 and 19 Christ um, um, after the Sons of Sceva incident happens many of them came and renounced what they had renounced what they had sometimes renouncing of things from the past is important uh, I want to say m- most believers who come from an Indian or Asian content, uh, context have their own baggage to deal with and most believers that come from a European context have Freemasonry to deal with. It is common to almost every generation. So Jacob, are you making a big deal out of this? No, I'm saying renounce things that you're aware of that you need to get rid of. It's no big deal. I knew the things that I had to get rid of when I became a believer and I did it happily. Jacob, you're painting us with a cultural brush. Absolutely, just in case you thought I was being nuanced. So renouncing past indulgences, past dedications, past facts, past rituals, past objects is important for walking in full freedom. We'll touch on that briefly. Uh, The other thing that uh, we may have to deal with is strongholds. Strongholds are thought patterns and these thought patterns are usually shaped by culture circumstances, false belief systems, soul wounds and sin. So strongholds, this is an amazing stand all you have to do is hold it like this and it stands. And Strongholds um, are caused by soul wounds as in it affects our pattern of thinking, soul wounds, circumstances, culture, false beliefs, false beliefs, and if my eyes can see that far, uh, that's it, and sin. So these can cause patterns of thinking that then become a problem. So these strongholds, over a period of time, actually establish, and this is no psychobabble, actually establish neural pathways and chemical pathways in your body so that every time uh, certain things happen, you react a certain way, you respond a certain way, you're provoked a certain way, and emotionally and physically you begin to react a certain way. Over time, it becomes a reflex or a habit or an addiction or a bondage and eventually a personality. I'll repeat that one more time. Strongholds also are things that Christians need to deal with and unfortunately, Satan supplies the bricks for this where you build a stronghold because of soul wounds, because of circumstances in your life, because of the culture you came out of and culture includes family background and stuff, because of false beliefs that you were introduced to and because of sin and over a period of time, These create neural pathways or chemical pathways in our physical bodies and our minds over and over again, triggering the same response till it becomes a reflex or a habit or an addiction, and eventually a person's personality. Pornography is a classic example of a stronghold with neural and chemical pathways. One of the reasons porn always requires a bigger high is because of neural and chemical pathways that are created. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because more than 70% of the church, and that's a conservative number, 70% of the church struggles with porn. And so here is a stronghold that is exploited by the devil, not just physically, not just affecting your marriage, not just affecting your personality, but the guilt and the shame believers go through on a daily basis because they know how badly they wanna serve Christ. And then there is this other side of life that keeps pulling them down on sometimes a daily basis. So porn is a classic example of a stronghold with neural and chemical pathways. And in in addition uh, to just having these chemical and neural pathways, guys, We think that watching it is not harmful, but unfortunately the act of pornography has such perversity, wickedness and depravity in it that it is impossible to watch porn without coming under the influence of the demonic spirits actually involved in filming the act. It's not possible to come back, come out unscathed. Proverbs 6 verse 23 or thereabouts says, If you hold fire to your chest, do you think you can escape without getting burnt? message puts it even greater. Hey Jacob, if you put some uh, burning coals on your lap, do you think you won't burn your pants? I love sometimes the straightforwardness of the message. But this is what we're talking about. And therefore, it's, it's a double whammy with porn and somehow at least one of the things Acts 29 should try if we are caught up in porn, is that we try to break this, man because it, it's consuming lives, not just in terms of our physical being, our, our marriages, our way of thinking about uh, the other sex, but it is also causing so much guilt and shame that it is not allowing you to progress further in your spiritual walk, cause this is used like a sword over the head of believers saying, what are you gonna do for Christ? Look at your life. And I'm not speaking to just guys, I'm speaking to guys and girls. Acts 29 must become different in this. 70% is too high for this church. Doesn't matter what we do, we'll never succeed with this. With this plague, eh? it's worse than COVID. We've got to break this, guys. For what we are being called to, purity is demanded. And today we can start the process of breaking these strongholds in our lives so that we can deal with the possessed world outside where demons need to be cast out. Questions, comments? Which one? I tried it, keeps slipping. I tried it a couple of weeks ago. No, Sheldon has very smartly chosen to push his baby about. Yeah. I mean that baby slept about an hour ago but he just keeps walking with it. Nice move man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's not dealt differently. Both have demonic influence involved in it. It is just that in this case Oh um um uh, what's his name's question was Mark's question was how is the stronghold dealt with differently than the first pit, where we talked about demonic influence? And I'm saying it's not um, treated differently. The difference is that there are neural and chemical pathways established too because these are sins that now the body begins to react a certain way, which is why the f- the bondage of it is so hard to break because now there is a neural and chemical pathway established where the body needs a high. That's part of the reason people are drawn back to the need to consume more. But every time we are drawn back to consume that more, what happens is it is impossible to escape the influence of unclean spirits that are actually m- involved in the, in the depravity, the perversity and the wickedness of porn. And therefore it's not possible to walk out of porn without having your clothes completely burnt not possible and I, I, I'm speaking about this in a way that will not condemn us or bring more guilt on us because uh, we suffer under that guilt anyway through just because we care for walking with Christ and seem absolutely disabled by this evil plague that is in the church I'm saying but Acts 29 let's change it Let's change it. It sometimes takes a group of people in a city to stand up and it breaks the pattern. It's like it's like it's like when when you break one bulb in that Christmas light, uh, you can switch a whole tree off. It's like that. I don't try it, but the the point is that is how easy it is. One church stand up in a city and say nope it triggers or something i plead with you for the sake the the cause the cause is too great and the cost is too high not to because god finds it very difficult to use a church that isn't walking in the kind of purity he demands he's not happy with tokenism a few people that are walking pure doesn't help him a people that he wants to reside in okay I hope that, it's not Proverbs 6.23, Proverbs 6.27 and 28. Um, And the unfortunate uh, thing with many of the demonic influences in the life of Christians is that Satan uses shame and stigma and secrecy and isolation to keep me from being healed or freed. Because these are, I mean, can you imagine how difficult the life of a pastor is who is caught up in porn? Where will he go? Who does he go to? You can't imagine the guilt and the shame that pastors presently have. because And there are thousands and thousands of them. I know I said this some years ago. They did a survey of a thousand pastors that came for a conference. Forty and under youth pastors who came for a conference. And they did not find one that wasn't caught up in pornography. Not one. I was in a church one day and someone, I I said exactly what I said just now. And there was an older lady sitting in the back and she said, What about you? Are you caught up in porn? And I said, No, I'm not. But there aren't too many. There are not too many. I liked her direct question. So I'm hoping that today we can start a new cycle for the sake of the city. Everything begins somewhere, guys, and then God completes it. It's like the song that um, Vidisha sang. S- start as a baby, toddler, teenager, then sing for me and sing over them. But everything starts somewhere. And we all get a chance to start today. And as a leader, or if you're a leader or as a pastor or as a church, I must, we must help to bring the things in our life that are hidden to light in a way that doesn't create a stigma. And be it idolatry, be it immorality, be it human philosophies, be it sinful habits, be it uh, the residual influence of spirits, we need to come to a place where we can help people just Bring it out into the open, without shaming them, without it being known, without it being publicized. Get them over the hump and have them run free. I just so pray that. It's one of the coolest things we could do for this city, guys. It'll last for generations. It'll last for generations. I must find out if you're saved. Sometimes um, uh, Christians who are demonized, you'll find out. Uh, there was one. There was one person who wa- who we thought was a believer and who believed everything that we said about Christ. But at some point, we realized that the one thing that he didn't believe about Christ was that he didn't believe Christ was um, creator. He believed Christ was created, and we couldn't understand why he was. For for a believer, why he was so demonized? Because he did not believe that Jesus Christ was creator. He believed he was uniquely created, begotten son. Everything else. you, you, You have the person read the Nicene Creed, he will believe every bit of it. Sometimes it is important to know whether a believer is a believer. Another person that we met and knew well was absolutely in love with Jesus but not the Jesus of the Bible I was so surprised guys words are easy words are easy Jesus is Lord is also easy find out if a person is a believer and it's very easy to find out find out what the word says what their belief says what their behavior says usually those three things overlap you're good What the Bible says, what their belief says, what their behavior says. Sometimes we must diagnose whether something is a medical condition or a spiritual problem. Because if you mix both up, it's really not right or good. Because sometimes it's a medical condition and then you can cast out as many demons as you want and uh, nothing will happen because it's a simple medical condition. So, for a believer, the solution is very simple, guys yeah yeah i t- I was wondering why no one took me up on that um because the bible says if someone can confess that Jesus is Lord, then you know that he is from the Spirit of God um uh, so um once a person says Jesus is Lord, one should ask him who this Jesus that is Lord is, and have them explain a little more about this Jesus who is Lord. Because it's easy to say the three words, Jesus is Lord. Is Is he Jesus the Lord who is the Son of the living God? Is he Jesus the Lord who came down in flesh to destroy the works of the devil? Is he Jesus the Lord who was born of a virgin, lived on the earth in flesh for 33 years, died and rose again? And when he rose again, he... Came in flesh and showed himself to his disciples, and then he ascended. Is, it, is he Jesus the Lord that sits at the right hand of the Father? Is he Jesus the Lord that is coming back? Is he Jesus the Lord, the Creator, through whom everything, for whom everything was made? Is that Jesus Christ, Lord? Because one of the Lords in Hinduism is also Lord Jesus. Yeah. Pilate was smart. He said, which Jesus do you want? Bar Jesus or Jesus of Nazareth? Because there were Jesus's then too. I mean, it was Barabbas Jesus. There were two Jesus's present that day. For a believer, the solution is easy. Uh, The first solution, and these are absolutely God-given solutions, so they'll always work. The first solution is Acts 8.23. Peter says to the magician, hey, you are caught up in a bond of wickedness. Repent, 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 as in turn from your ways. And the magician got so afraid that he said, please, my repentance may not work. Why don't you guys pray for me? If you pray for me, maybe it'll work. But repent, as in turn around, Jacob, stop. And if you... Turn around and stop and fall again, get up and turn around and stop again. How many times? How about seventy times seven? Because you know that he'll forgive you at least that many times. He'll forgive you more. All I'm saying is let's start with four hundred and ninety. You lose count at two hundred anyways. Repentance. Second one. Very simple. First Peter five seven. First Peter five seven. Beautiful scripture, submit to the Lord, resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is my go-to scripture. Every time I mess up, uh, it's pointless resisting the devil if I don't submit to God. Jesus, once again I acknowledge you as the Lord of my life in this area of my life where I've been doing what I want to or disobeying or doing what I want to. I submit to you in this area. I submit this area to you. I submit myself to you. And now I stand up to resist the devil. Resist all the temptations he's thrown my way where each time I've fallen, this time in submission to you, Jesus, I resist the devil. This is not some hand uh, combat. It is standing and saying, I resist you in the name of Jesus Christ. And these simple words, as ridiculous as it sounds, these simple words can cause your arch enemy to flee to flee. You don't know what fleeing looks like. I remember once um, making bows and arrows with my friend, his name was John Um, and we had these bows and arrows and we went to the neighbor's yard because he had a dog and these were simple bows and arrows like they won't kill anything and we started shooting at the dog. I know dog lovers don't like the idea at all, so we started, especially, thank God Dilna has a mask on because you you can't see how he's frowning right now. So we started shooting at these dogs and uh, the owner of the dog was a guy called Babu. And so Babu comes and he unchains the dog. (laughs) This is after two minutes of shooting arrows at the dog and that dog was hopping mad. And you should have seen what fleeing looks like. I had arrows flying out of my quiver. My bow was broken. My friend and I were running. And my only thing was, i got to run faster than John. I've got to run faster than John. I've got to run faster than John. And even though he was thinner, I was faster because I was more afraid. And so the dog got to him first and me second. And second always wins in this situation. Um, uh, no, yeah. And so fleeing is, I've seen fleeing. Fleeing is when people are so afraid that they run. Resist, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It works every time. The third solution, this is such a cool solution. Proverbs 11 verse 6. Proverbs 11 verse 6. Righteousness delivers. Righteousness delivers. Righteousness delivers. You combine these three things and you will win each time. Father, I repent. Jesus, I submit. Satan, I resist. Righteousness, I practice. Guaranteed victory every time. Doesn't matter what demonic influence. Guaranteed. Always. What does demonic influence look like? look at your patterns of thinking, look at your responses to things look at the sins you habitually are caught in, look at the temptations that have succeeded for years on end look at the things that you can never break out of, sometimes they're just habits or personality that if you could break out of life would become new, life would become so different Look at the emotional and mental reactions that come every time. Some of them need both healing and freedom. Oh God, free me so that I may be healed. And some of them won't happen overnight. It may take time. So what? I'm on my path to recovery. What else do I need? Baby to toddler to teenager to singing over others. Guys but it can start today. Any questions? Yeah, righteousness uh, delivers you, and uh, by that I don't mean um, just uh, practicing it over a weekend. I mean two days of sobriety doesn't make a teetotaler. The thing is to begin to practice it on a consistent basis over a period of time so that I now Uh, decide that, okay, this is, uh, let let, let me give you an example. So a person struggling with porn and they've decided, okay, I'm going to, uh, I've overcome porn for the last two days. And uh, so uh, they begin to now take it easy because they feel that those two days has now broken the habit of them. A habit takes very little to form, takes longer to break, but in the name of Jesus Christ, when I start practicing right ways, when I begin to feed myself, feed my thinking, feed my seeing, feed what I hear, feed the people I hang out with, when I begin to feed myself on things that are noble, right, pleasant, peaceful, like it says in um, that scripture, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is Philippians, once you begin to go down that route, you begin to live and practice righteousness. In every area it applies. Every area. Where I begin to choose a pathway. I don't want uh, I, I to hone down on porn. The only reason I'm doing that is because the plague it has become in the church. And I'm not doing it just for us. I'm doing it for everybody who listens to this in future. Because it's, it's, just, it's just arrested our progress. And there's never been a time like today where it is so easily available which makes it even harder if I don't practice righteousness. Put those scriptures together and you'll win every time. Same applies to uh, other situations. Let's say uh, I'm easily angry. Let's say rage grabs me easily. My friends won't see it, but those that are close to me will see it. Rage. And now I begin to pray, practice the same thing. Practice righteousness. It will deliver you from rage. Where you begin to practice righteousness. Father, every time I'm angry, I'll first begin by humbling myself. Because most of my anger comes when I am an idol that I have set up that you are not giving enough deference to. Or pride. What happens when we live this way is Satan has very little play. He has very little traction. There's nothing much he can do. Eutunicus. the other things, sorry, Eutychus, if you take Tuni and put it in the word Eutychus, u- it becomes Eutychus, and uh, I just wanted to prevent Tuni from falling off the chair, then I'd have to go and revive him, so I thought i will just say the word Eutychus, but since everyone said, ah, huh? I had to explain it. Sorry, Tuni. Another thing that really helps me stay free is John 8.32. John 8.32. John 8.32 is um, um, the knowledge of the truth sets me free. So dive into the word. Dive into specific passages. Dive into reading it from certain versions that make it so God to you. Because the knowledge of the truth sets me free. The other thing that helps is, um, this really helps, this is how I broke porn in my life. I went to somebody and I actually told them, that listen, I've got a problem. And um, the person was so kind to me, so kind to me and helped me. Because it had to, one of the things that causes sin to succeed is the ability for it to stay, with stigma, in secrecy, in darkness. James 5.15 and James 5.19 go into effect where you confess your sins one to the other and the prayer of faith heals you. Let's determine that today. I think we spoke about the pacts that need to be broken. Do you want to put up that um, thingy? I'll just go through it quickly, and then I'll wrap up in seven minutes. After I go through that quickly. Uh, These are some of the things we've already spoken of uh, that causes um, problems in Christians' lives. Um, Submission to rituals, Eastern exercises and therapies, acupuncture to Taekwondo to yoga. Uh, Stepping into territory that is dedicated to gods without being sent. Effective magic through items worn, eaten, adorned. Um, Family heirlooms. Accursed items, masks, idols, artifacts, objects, blankets. Mind-blanking techniques like hypnosis, altered states of consciousness produced by demons. Demons. Opening a mind and soul through meditation, mantras, objects, astrology, palmistry, games, transcendental meditation. Returning to bondage through choice, through habitual sin, through lack of knowledge, always spawns consequences in body and soul. Next one. Astral travel, out-of-body experiences through meditation. Drugs, glimpses of the demonic realm. Oaths and pacts and curses entered in and spoken on behalf of uh, you by your parents or by others or you yourself. Illegitimate or dysfunctional covering uh, that percolates downwards. I don't know why I wrote TV there. False spirits of divination in the church that work through people and as witchcraft. Engaging demonic for knowledge of future through mediums, Ouija boards, water witching. Role playing, costumes and familiar spirits. Conversations with demons or spirits of loved ones who died. Next one, eating blood. Sensitivity to the spirit realm because of the environment or upbringing that is preyed on by demons through books, characters, imaginary playmates seen and created. Entering into secret pacts or societies. Consequences of becoming one flesh with a person other than your spouse. Sinful parental traits, anger to adultery. Learned or just plain sin nature. And uh, often spirits see if they can seduce each generation with the same sin patterns and you see that in the life uh, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and they all fell for it. These are some of the things that bring us under unnecessary influence of uh, unclean spirits and uh, we've gone through this before. I remember some of you taking steps uh, and uh, testifying to it of how it brought you such tremendous release any questions before we pray go back one okay so sometimes uh, there are people that uh, choose um, wants to cover them that are themselves corrupt It talks about that in the book of Jude from chapter 4 to chapter 13. People that, I I know a man for instance who was very famous and died recently. Um, I also know women who he slept with at least seven times who came and asked him for protection and covering and called them spiritual fathers and all that stuff. I know this lady really well and um, she was so exploited by him and he was so famous, so famous. I used to dread people who would go and sit under his ministry. Illegitimate, dysfunctional coverings that destroy the ones that come under them. I I dread the fate that awaits him. I dread the fate that awaits him. I sometimes think that these are the ones God will say, I never knew you. Because they perform miracles. They even cast out a demon or two. They prophesied plenty. But I do not know whether they'll be allowed into heaven because they were like shepherds that were skinning their sheep for their own personal pleasure and benefit with absolutely nothing else in sight. And there are tons of them, man. Does that explain it? yes but the, the 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 wounds that are left on the soul are so deep that they need healing to recover it doesn't even have to be um, a, a pastor what about what if it was my own dad what if it was someone who was supposed to take care of me and didn't what happens then it is not that It'll destroy my life, but my God, it leaves on me a mark that now I need you to help me heal in. What if it was a husband? At the end of the day, what, this is what scares me. When, uh, If in my firmness, what if I am cruel to you? i got to share this. Heidi was there when it happened. I didn't deal with someone at Acts 29 well. And one of the things that happened one day when they came to have prayer was, they literally slid off the chair they were sitting on and they were on the floor saying, when I came to you and asked for help, why did you respond the way you did? And the person was crying and I could not do anything because I knew that I had not treated the person well. And all I could do was say, I am so sorry. All I can do is ask you for forgiveness. I am so sorry. All I can do is ask you for forgiveness. Oi. That is all I can do. If, if someone who isn't planning to do harm to somebody can do harm inadvertently, how much more someone who is intent on harm? There's a book I read and I've mentioned this to you. It says, let us pray. The scary thing about the Title of the book is "Pray" spelled P-R-E-Y. We got to be careful as ones who leader that we don't do that. Now let us really pray, P-R-A-Y. Okay. Father, we pray because we need help. We pray because we as a church want to determine today that there is a requirement of purity from us that you want so that you can begin to make us the salt or the leaven that affects this city. Pornography is present in this church too, in our midst too. And so... We come, O oh God, today asking you to put your finger on the sin in my life. Some of us may not be watching porn. Some of us just may like watching television thats um, that we would find hard to watch if you were sitting there with us. Some of us don't watch television, but... We're caught up in pangs of lust at different times. Our thought patterns go all over the place. There's a purity you want from us, particularly in the area of lust that you want us to focus on. And we come to say, Jesus, we really want to try. We want to try and then we want to train. So today, could you put your finger on this? area and other areas where there's demonic influence in our lives we cannot be possessed but we have the spirit of God living in us we don't want influence we want to be like Teflon and then the next thing I ask father and please respond to these prayers because there's nothing I can do nothing we can do I ask for mercy please oh God let them, let mercy come now let, them fl- let a flood of mercy wash us let a flood of mercy wash us right now Jane I want you to come up and um, Uh, after I'm done, sing the song, uh, my chains are gone. Um, let, Let your mercy wash us right now. Let your mercy wash our minds. Let your mercy wash our bodies. Let your mercy wash over our souls. I'm not just talking about lust or porn right now. I'm talking about other areas where I am under the influence of demons because of soul wounds or sin or circumstances or culture or the way I was treated in the past. Today my healing begins. Today we all begin our recovery. We stand to our feet right now as a people, Father. We stand to our feet right now. I stand for... I stand for everybody else and for myself because we want to do this as a people. We want to be like the Rechabites, a people in the Bible who were so circumspect to their father's commands, and we want to be so so ascribed to your command, O oh God. You want purity. We come saying, O oh God, you alone with your mercy can wash us and give us a new start. After mercy, I ask for grace. Grace that levels the depressions, grace that levels the the holes and pits we have dug, grace that fills the wounds, grace that becomes balm to my soul, grace that gives me hope that I can get out of the situations I am in. Oh God, we begin to speak, we cannot stay silent, we destroy silence, we call for mercy and grace. In our own words, we begin to whisper, we say, oh God, mercy and grace. Oh Father, I call out for this church, mercy and grace for your own sake, for the sake of a pure people. Oh God, mercy and grace, I ask for Father to come into this church, Father, breaking our chains, oh God. Mercy and grace in different areas of our life where we haven't been able to escape, where we haven't had a breakthrough, where we haven't had a breakout, where we've been subject to things over and over again over a long period of time. We thank you that today is the first day of our recovery and it shall be complete because you, Jesus, are the author and finisher, the captain of our faith for the sake of the Father. Holy Spirit, for the sake of Jesus, bring about this change because we are crying out. If if others find it difficult to cry, I hear my cry, I'm mic to oh God, I'm speaking for everybody else. Because it's sometimes hard to say these things out loud. So we humbly confess our sins, Abba. We whisper them to you, we acknowledge it. We come to depend on you, depend on each other and depend on some of our leaders, Abba. Because sometimes I'm set free because someone else who's walked this before can help me. You set me free like that, Jesus. We destroy secrecy and darkness in this church so that light, someone spoke about light, it was, it was uh, what's her name? Renny who spoke about it. Jesus, let it begin, please. Let healing and deliverance begin so that we as believers will be free of demonic influence. Next week we'll talk about how easy it is to then go out into the world and cast out powers that are tr- just ravaging people and this city. So Father, even as Jane begins to play in the background, we just begin to pray. We just begin to pray. Can you switch my mic off? Guys, just speak to the Lord. It may not be um, uh, anything to do with pornography or lust or anything. It may be a different area. Come speak to the Lord. Guys, cut my mic off, please. (laughs) Don't sing it just for yourself. You are singing for the body of Christ. We all get to participate in the holiness <laughs> of God. We all get to go up the mountain.
0: in grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me how once was lost but now happy. was blind but now I see twice grace that taught my, my heart, heart to feel that and grace, grace my, my fear relieved. relieved. How precious did that, that grace appear! This hour, this hour I first be With My dreams are. My Savior has ransomed me. me And like a fire, His mercy reigns Unending love, amazing. amazing Let's just go by Twice Grace Twice Grace that taught my heart praise my, my fears is how precious did that grace appear this hour I first believed my chains my, my, chains, my chains are God. gone dream, my sins my God, my sins
4: even before we sing the next few verses, you just want us to know, and I find this so overpowering, you just want us to know that I want you to sing this next song you're saying in my embrace. I want you to sing it within my arms. I don't want you to stand out and sing it to me, says God. I want you to come within my arms and sing it. Sing from within my arms, my children. Sing from within my arms. I love delivering people. I did that the first time with Adam and Eve and I've not stopped. So sing from within my arms. Sing with your head held high. Sing proudly, knowing who you belong to. So even as we sing this next verse and then the chorus, Father, we sing from within your arms and we sing using the words our chains when it comes to that, Father.
0: Lord has brought his word my, my hope, hope is secures God. he, he will, my will my shield and, and hold as long as life secures the Lord has promised the Lord has promised Lord good, has good to me, me. his word I God I've My God, my Savior Has risen And like a blood, His mercy reigns Unending love Amazing grace I of God I've been been set set free free.
4: my God, God my and
11: pray. Um, Yeah, Father, so yeah, we just come to you, Father. Um, I've uh, struggled with porn um, most of my life um, and you have set me free from pornography, so um, whoever here or um, at home that's struggling with pornography, Father. It's In your name, I, I set them free, Father, you, from pornography, Father. Yeah, yeah Father. Um, and also, um, any other struggles, that any other sh- strongholds um, we are going through. Um, one, two things that I'm going through is uh, um, stubbornness and uh, anger, Father. So, Father, I just pray for myself, that um, you are able to set me free Thank with you, these Baba. strongholds, Father. And I, you, and I pray for others that are struggling in the same situation, yeah. and other situation, Father, that you set them free, Father, Thank from you, all their situations, Father, yeah. and that you are our anchor, Father. Yeah. We depend on you, Father. Yeah. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
4: Amen. Thanks so much, Father. Bless you guys. Can you believe it? You're allowed to hang around. You don't have to leave in the next three or four minutes.